Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me for episode number 10 of the High Income Business Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to take their writing businesses to the six-figure level or the part-time equivalent. You can find detailed show notes to this episode by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 10, the number 10. So if you're somewhere where you just can't take notes, don't worry, I got your back. These are detailed notes that you can reference later at your convenience. So let me set the stage for this week's episode. You have a full-time day job. It's not something you love, but hey, it pays the bills. Unfortunately, it also leaves very little time for launching and growing a freelance side business. So how are you supposed to make the transition from cubicle hell to full-time freelance writing? Well, that's a dilemma Catherine Messer faced a few years ago. As a well-paid executive, Catherine couldn't afford to simply walk away from her day job to pursue her dream of full-time freelance writing. Yet, she knew that there had to be a way. So using my customizable transition plan as her guide, along with a heavy dose of hard work and persistence, Catherine finally made the leap. Not only that, but by the time she made that transition, she was already earning more as a freelancer than she was in her executive position. And in today's interview, Catherine details her journey during this transition. Plus, she gives out some very solid advice for those who are trying to make the leap to either part-time or full-time freelance writing. So let's get right to that interview. Hey, Catherine, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Hey, thanks, Ed. I appreciate it. So um, before we get to some of the questions and your story on how you've transitioned, tell me a little bit just real quick about what you do, what type of work you do, and for what type of, of clients. I primarily uh, do my copywriting is business to business, and I'm in my niche is the insurance and financial industry. Okay, perfect, perfect. So you have, and the reason we connected is you have a really interesting story. So why don't you um, take us back to where you were a few years ago, and when you were considering launching your freelance writing business and. Um, why you decided not to go full throttle at that time? Mm. Well, like um, most writers, uh, I hope to eventually transition into a full-time writing career. Um, But I was making my living at the time in the financial insurance industries. So um, I was doing copywriting on and off for several years and and enjoying it, doing it on a part-time basis. And, um, you know, I thought, wouldn't it be great if I could do this full time and and actually make a living doing it? So I was all jazzed about that and and, um, uh, continued my my writing, my copywriting on and off. And um, it wasn't until um, several years ago that I actually started getting serious about it and thought, you know, I'm going to find out a little bit more about how I might be able to make a transition from copywriting part-time 
to actually making a living full-time. So like many people, I got a lot of the, the books on how to um, make the transition or, excuse me, how to get going in copywriting full-time and perfecting my craft and such. Um, I, I guess what was lacking is I just really didn't know how I was going to put the plan in motion to make that leap. Mm-hmm. And so it, I finally just buckled down. I actually put a pencil to paper and wrote out a plan. Actually, I wrote out several plans um, on how I was going to make this happen for me. If it was a dream and if it was something I wanted to do, I needed to have a plan to do it. So um, that's that's how I started. So you, 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 you had a dream and you started out with with a basic plan, an action plan. In, mm-hmm. in in so and of course, tell us a little bit about what your responsibilities were. Because I mean, so you're you had a demanding full time job. Uh, you were earning a good living, correct? I mean, this is not something you could just walk away from overnight. No, I had a very demanding um, executive position. Um, for several years and with several different companies, but I still love to write, so I always kept up my writing. And I did a lot of um, editorials, articles, uh, white papers uh, in relation to the insurance and financial industries. And I wanted to make that transition, but I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. Um, so with my plan in motion, I set a good schedule for myself. And I thought, you know, I'm going to set aside X amount of hours during the week, X amount of hours on the weekend, and I'm going to really start ramping up this plan of mine and actually get myself a, a, a date on when I'm going to make my, uh, my launch into writing full-time. So it, was a, it was, took a lot of hours, and I had to stay very disciplined to do it. Um, I had to get pretty creative. Um, you know, I'd be working nine, 10 hour days at work and then I'd come home and make dinner. And then I'd tell my family I was going to write for two or three hours after, uh, before bedtime and I'd get that writing in and then I'd set the alarm and I'd write maybe an hour and a half in the morning. And then I'd use my lunch hours to do some more writing, um, but I think what it really comes down to is I put that plan in writing, and I had milestones I had to meet. And I knew that once I could get those milestones under my belt, then I'd be able to actually see a little bit more the feasibility of actually writing full-time for a living. So tell us a little bit about those milestones. you remember what some of those were? Yeah, I actually had several of them. And again, you know, let me backtrack just a little bit, Ed. This plan wasn't a 12-month plan. It wasn't a 24-month plan. This was like a three-year plan for me. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen overnight. I didn't just all of a sudden go from, uh, you know, making six figures doing copywriting, especially part-time. So I had, this was a three-year plan, and some of the milestones included um, some of the basics. Like, I had to have at least four regular steady-paying clients. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I had to have a particular amount of debt, and this is all personal. You know, everybody's different, but I had some some debts that I needed to take care of. I, um, you know, I paid off a, a car loan, um, got a few other things under control. Um, I also used um, the money I was, the steady income coming in from my job to purchase some equipment to help me with my copywriting business, such as my computer and such, just kind of upgraded everything. Okay. Um, and, you know, and the biggest thing for me is I had to look at my current financial plan and know that by making that transition from a full-time corporate position to writing full-time that I was going to be able to make a good living, support my family, and take care of my financial obligations without worry. Gotcha. Uh, the last thing I wanted to do was to leave a, uh, a very lucrative executive position and then fall behind on house payments and, you know, financial obligations. Yeah, that's that's no way to start. And it sounds like you're, um, well, you know, what a lot of people don't understand, and, and I'm getting from your story, is that the more you make and the more responsibilities you have in your day job, the riskier it is. And it becomes quite scary uh, to, to, to leave the comfort of, of that salary and those bonuses and those benefits, you know, into something that, well, you know, even if it seems to be working, it's still kind of an unknown. Right? Sure, definitely. Um, that's why those milestones are so important. That's why those business plans are so important. And then my business plan was actually living, a living, breathing document. I revisited it every quarter, and I could actually see progress. And that's very important when you're, you know, you're working full time, you come home, you've got more work you have to do, and you're exhausted, mm-hmm. you know, but yet you've got... You know, I have to get up at 5 tomorrow morning, and I have to put in a couple of hours before I go to work. Or I had to take uh, vacation time, and rather than, you know, sitting by the pool with a book, um, I was in front of the computer. Um, but I wanted it that bad. Well, what, kept, just... what kept you going, though? I'm curious, because I know how difficult it can be, you know, to, to put in those hours after dinner, you're tired, you've had a long day, or to wake up an hour or two earlier, what kept you going day to day? Uh, It was looking at that business plan and seeing that I was actually making progress. That was number one. Because to me, it was showing me that this can work. I can make this happen. And I'm not going to starve to death, that I can make a good living at it. Um, And also, I think it's important to have the support of your family, uh, you know, you have to have that because you're making a lot of sacrifices. Yes. It's, it's not easy to do. Um, and just the fact of, uh, working for myself again, that was very important. How was your family, by the way? How did you explain this to them in a way that they would understand and support you? Mm -hmm. Um, that took, it took a while because I've been talking about it. I was talking about it for several years, um, but when I got down to actually that, that three-year plan of mine to try to, um, uh, to build up my business, uh, you know, housework had to sit. Um, my husband learned how to make spaghetti. 
(laughs) 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 And, uh, you know, a lot of things had to take a back seat, but my family knew how important that was to me. And, and, you know, those things all work themselves out when you have a good support system. And then also from the financial standpoint, you know, have, when you're married, you have a partner with you, and, and these, these financial decisions need to be made together. And sitting down and looking at a plan and then revisiting it every quarter, every six months, and then that um, final year before you decide to go ahead and, and uh, make the leap, you know, you have to look at those numbers and know that you're going to be okay and feel confident about it because that, that will affect your business. Yeah, that's that's a good point. This You don't do this in a vacuum. You need the support of your family. That's one of the things that I don't think we talk enough about. But it's mm-hmm. it's too important, especially because it's going to take so long to transition over. This is not an overnight thing. And, you know, sometimes things get rough. And if you don't have the support of your of your family, uh, things could fall apart very quickly. Well, especially if you're the... Um the main provider of the family that puts even more pressure on you. Yes. Um, and then you have to look at the big picture of insurance, you know, um, life insurance and health insurance. I mean, there's a lot of things you need to explore. It's just, um, uh, it's just a, it's a real process to be successful at this business. And, um, you know, I love to write, and um, don't get me wrong, I've been writing in this industry for better than 10 years, and I've been involved in the insurance and financial industry for better than 20. Um, but it, it's a lot more to it than just writing. It's knowing how to run a business and just know that it's not going to happen overnight. But it can happen for people. And I talk to a lot of freelance writers um, who have who have also there's been a lot of freelance writers in the in my past that have helped me as well but i talked to a lot of writers and you know they want to know how they can get going and how they can be successful at this or how long how long is it going to be before they start to see some actual money coming in where they can actually make a living and i can't answer that question that's a very personal question all i can say is if it's something you really want to do you know do your homework on it um get a good plan get several plans in motion and um and really look at the financial numbers i mean that's we all have to make a living here and um the economy's still tough and it's just really important to look at those final figures and to set those milestones and it can happen and to get that good support system, whether it's a family member or whether it's another, um, copywriter, somebody who's also a freelance writer. I mean, we can be a great support support system for each other. I agree. I agree. So Tell me a little bit about that first client, because this is always a monumental thing. You know, that's a huge milestone mm-hmm. in my mind. Um, how did you land that first client, and what was that experience like? Well, I was real fortunate in the fact that over the past 10 years, I've been writing on and off for for several different clients. Um, so my business trans, uh, had a bit of a transition um, with a lot of referrals. 
So I actually got a lot of referrals when I finally buckled down and decide, decided that I was going to um, write full-time and that I was getting pretty close to, to being a solo, um, a solo business writer. Um, but yeah, that's, that, that was just crazy. When you, when you get that first check, it's just like, wow, it really solidifies the fact that you can do this and that, um, uh, that you, you can earn a living doing something that you love to do. I'm sure it was a big thing to show your family as well, right? Hey, look. Yeah. See, I really can do this. (laughs) (laughs) This thing is real. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, what's nice is um, as part of my marketing plan, I had my part-time marketing that I did. And then when I did launch my business uh, full-time, I was really able to ramp up the marketing. And then you'd be surprised at at, um, what happens when you do start putting a little bit more time into your marketing plan. so t- tell me a little bit. I want to go back to the to the referral, uh, and and you were getting referrals early on. How did you go about that? So you didn't just put up a website and just hope that your friends and colleagues would refer business to you. How did you actively seek out referrals early on? Clients that I had written editorials for or some white papers. Uh, really enjoyed my work and liked working with me. So they continued to give me steady work. So I had that steady work coming in. And then on a lot of the white papers, I had um, a short bio of what I was doing and they would refer more business on to me as well. So I think it, I think especially in the business-to-business writing, referrals are really, really important. And we see that even on a lot of social media sites such as LinkedIn and on your on your website. It's great to have those recommendations on there. So that's really how it evolved. Um, I did good work. I took care of my clients. I made myself a- available to them. And that's how I built my business. And that was the philosophy of my business was to just to do produce some excellent work and to really take care of my clients and as a freelance writer to become a real partner in their business and helping them. So they referred a lot of business to me and then it it just snowballed from there, from that point. Did you find that you had to actively ask or were they referring business to you without you even having to ask? No, they were referring business without even me asking for it. Um, there were a few times, yeah, there were a few times though where I did ask for, uh, a recommendation, which is, I think it's great to do that, you know, um, on LinkedIn or something I could put on my website. Um, that was terrific. And then, you know, there's also that good follow-up plan. Uh, if I wrote, a paper and a client really loved it and referred me to somebody else, I'd always send them, and I still do that, I send them a personal note, not just an email, but actually a personal note with a couple of business cards, and I say, hey, you know, it it was a pleasure uh, working with you on this white paper, and if you have any 
any clients that could use my services, I sure would appreciate the referral. Throw in a couple of business cards. And I'd actually get calls, and I still get calls from clients that would say, hey, thanks so much. I got your note. That was really that was really great. You know, and yeah, I, I walked one of your business cards down, down to our marketing department. Um, and, and told them if they were ever looking for another copywriter that to give me a call. And it, um, it was all part of my marketing plan. You know, I appreciated my clients and I wanted to let them know that. People don't get those kind of cards anymore. I think they really stand out, don't they? <laughs> they really do. And in fact, I, that's just something I do routinely. And I got a call last week from a client who, um, who was out of town and, and got back, um, got back to her office and, she said there was this letter on my desk and opened it up and it was a, a handwritten letter thanking thanking me for, for giving you uh, that new writing project. And then she goes, that was just really cool. She goes, I don't get letters anymore. That was really cool. <laughs> it's so much of it is about standing out. It's uh, so that's, that's really good. You do that. What, so and now before we move on, I just want to clarify something. Your first client, you said that that was a, a referral or you found that opportunity via your network did you yes. talk to call so it was it was a colleague or a friend of yours yes uh-huh and, and tell yeah. me how did you reach out to that person because this is a critical point for a lot of people when they're starting out and they know they should probably reach out to those they know first mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. how do they make that outreach what worked for you you know for this uh, particular client it was um it was through email, and then I just made that connection, you know, just telling them that um, I realize you're a very busy marketing director, and I don't want to take up any of your time, but if you if you ever need to outsource any of your uh, white paper projects, give me a call. I'm here to make your job easier. I have several different clients I work for, um, and it was just very simple, very inviting email. And um, and sometimes you get a response right away. Sometimes you don't. You got to realize that these people are very busy, and they're getting blasted with emails constantly during the day um, or during the week. And I'd usually wait a while, maybe about a week or ten days, and follow up again with another email. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'd follow up with a phone call, um, but I'd always follow up again with another letter just a letter introducing my services. And if I can ever be of assistance, please let me know. Um, sometimes I would go on um, LinkedIn and I would um, ask for a personal uh, invitation from them to, to join their network. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'd be really surprised that some of these busy executives, these chief marketing directors that, that use um, freelance writers, um, they're really open to that, and they appreciate that. And then if they connect with me on LinkedIn, Ed, I'd go ahead and I'd, I'd send them a personal note back, and then I'd send them another letter with a couple of business cards. Um, it's just that follow-up. You're not dogging people down. You're not chasing them. You're just offering your services, and these people are busy, and they're not going to respond to you instantly. It, it can take some time to build those relationships. But boy, when you do, things happen. You know, there's something to be said. And I love that, by the way. I love you. I can tell from the way you're describing this process that the energy you brought to it was was 
very purposeful. You didn't go into it with this anxiety of, oh, my gosh, something's got to come out of this. You know, something it has to or I'll fail. <laughs> it was more of a kind of a low key, very hands on, high touch, matter of fact type of approach. That's kind of the feeling that I'm getting. And that seemed to come across in your message, you know, mm-hmm. that energy you put into it. Would you agree? Most definitely. I think it's really important, especially, well, not just starting out, but as for freelance writers in general, especially in the business-to-business world, um, be a resource for these people. Again, I'm kind of repeating myself, but they're, they're busy, busy people. Be a resource. Ask how you can help. If I find somebody on LinkedIn, I don't just say, hey, let's connect. It's like, hi, I'm Catherine, and this is what I do. If I can ever be of service to you, please let me know. Or if I can make any connections for you in the Pacific Northwest, which is where I live, please let me know. I love that. It's very, very simple. And you're offering your services, but, but in return, you're saying, hey, if I can make some connections on your behalf in my neck of the woods, drop me a line. I'm happy to help. And then, you know, it depends on what type of uh, industry the client's working in, if, whether it's, um, you know, insurance technology or uh, retail banking, which is the industries that I'm involved in. If I come across some news newsworthy pieces um, that my clients would find interesting, interesting or even prospects would find interesting, I go ahead and I, um, I might print it off and put it in the mail or I might send them a link. Um, you got to just do different things. Find out how different clients like to work. But I try to give them something of value all the time without being a, a pest. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the way to do it. I mean, and, and it's uh, unfortunately, that's not the way most people do it. So, well, fortunately for you, because then your approach stands out, I think. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about and fast forward a little bit, because you already talked about how um, you grew your business. Right. And it was a lot of word of mouth, a lot of referrals, a lot of doing more work for existing clients, going deeper into each account. Let's talk about when you started feeling that, gosh, you know, maybe it's time to start making that leap you know uh how did you know you were ready to cut the cord and to make the transition and finish that off well i had um i was looking again revisiting my business plan and i was very close to hitting all of those milestones that i had set for myself um but i did also realize that it was critical that i i didn't i didn't have to hit every one of them but i felt that there were certain milestones that i needed to uh have taken care of before i could make the move um so it was more a matter of i had a lot of clients coming in, a lot of referrals that were still coming in, and it, it really boiled down to the issue of time. And it was getting increasingly more difficult for me to um, do my writing, do my corporate writing, to do my marketing, to spend time with family, um, to 
be a good uh, employee at my current position. Um, it just was all, everything was starting to line up. So it was really a matter of time that I was having trouble um, trying to decide when to, when to go. So what I did was I, um, I decided to sit down once again with my husband with my business plan, and, and he said, you know what, we're just, I think we're at that point where you, could, you can go ahead and make this leap. And financially, I had uh, my house in order, and I had clients, and I had a little bit of a, uh, a cush in the bank for those uh, little ebbs and flows that freelance writers have. And the timing just, it, it just was right. But it was, uh, it was about a, it was several years in the making to get to that point. Did you meet your goal of, you know, that three year or so time frame? I did. Um, I actually went a little bit over uh, just because um, I was in a bit of a um, chicken phase. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to make sure. Um, even with my husband telling me, you know, things look good. You know, are you are you gonna make the leap this month? And it's like, well, I don't know. I'm gonna go. Well, I'm gonna go one more month, and we'll see how it goes. And <laughs> um, but yes, I did. And I think it's important um, for writers when you have those milestones. It, you know, even if you don't. Let's say I had four big milestones I wanted to to meet, and I met three out of the four. And, and I figured, you know, okay, so if I don't have the, the four main steady clients that I really wanted to make the leap, you know what, once I go full time, I'll be able to put more time into my marketing so I know I'll be able to get more clients. So does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, so I didn't feel like I had to hit every single milestone to make the leap. I just, I just had to look at each one individually. Um, and, and know that, you know, that's okay. I can, I can still make this happen. But once I had, once the, once those ducks just started lining up, it was like, you know what, now I know financially that if I could make this amount of money working part-time at this business after hours, I know that by going full-time, I can at, at least double it. And that was, that's what I had in my head. And, and that was, you know, years ago and it, it happened for me. So tell us about the feeling, you know, when, when you finally resign, you turn in your two week notice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a real sense of freedom because it was such a work in progress for me and I did it. I mean, it was it was long and it was hard and it was just a ton. Of, it was a ton of work, and I can't stress the the hours of sacrifice that I had to put in to build this business. Um, you know, I could have made the leap cold turkey and just built it up from there, which I know a lot of people have. And I just I was too much of a chicken. I couldn't do it. And then being the sole provider of my family. Um, I, I couldn't do that. I had obligations. So, um, yeah, when I finally got to that point, you know, it, it, the writing was right there and I was ready to go. It was like, you know, it, it was like the best feeling ever, it, you know. And then and what was nice about it, Ed, is when I left, the time that I left, 
I was ready. I wasn't, I wasn't on the edge of a cliff thinking, you know, I'm just going to hold my nose and hope I don't drown. It's like, no, I know I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I know there's, you know, as, as solo professionals, our incomes go in ebbs and flows. So nothing's a guarantee and nothing in life is a guarantee. But I had enough processes in place to where I knew I was going to be okay. And it could only get better from there. And again, that was years ago. And, and it's still getting better. And I get up in the morning and I love what I do. Like most writers, we're all, we're all doing this because we love what we do. And I have clients that I love to work with. Um, I, I really help them with their businesses. I help, you know, help them with their marketing. And, you know, it's, it's a great feeling to get up every morning and, and love what you do. You know, it's um, one of the cool things about going through the process you went through is that you probably heard this question where you're supposed to ask yourself, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen if I do this, right? By going through the process you did, you basically eliminated many of those things that could have been answers to that question, right? So then you were left with just a couple of things. You know, what's the worst thing that could happen? I know when I asked myself that question once I was ready to make the leap, but I started getting cold feet. The worst thing was basically, okay, well, in a few months of it, just for some weird reason, just doesn't work out. I could go back to to my job. You know, that's the worst thing that could happen. And that's, you know, that's not losing your house. It's not, you know, your kids going hungry. You know, none of those really bad things, which could happen if you don't go through a process like this where you methodically and carefully build up to that level. Mm -hmm. And like I said before, everybody... Everybody approaches things differently. Everybody's households are different. You know, some people have more debt than others, and some some don't. And um, and some freelance writers can make that leap um, and be okay and land on their feet. I I'm just was one of those chickens, and I wanted to make sure that I had everything everything there before I actually um, decided to go full time. And for me, that worked. Yeah, that was that was that was better for me, and uh, and it's been great. So to, to cap it off, what would you tell someone who's currently where you were years ago? You know, when when it was it was a dream. Uh, you wanted to get out of that full time job to do what you really love to write full time to be an independent freelancer, but this person is just doesn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. They're they just don't see how they could possibly make that happen. What would you tell them? I would, I'd have to say that you just, again, it comes down to how bad do you want it? You know, if it's something you really want to make happen, um, it may not happen overnight. So you got to keep that in mind. You're just not going to make those six figures that you want to make overnight. Um, if you can, great, but it's just, I, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so I agree with so, you. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's that's just the reality of it all. You know, we're not all independently wealthy and just can write for a living and do whatever we want to do. Um, so it's get get that plan in motion. Also, what's really important is to get that launch date. To put that on a piece of paper. It sounds really elementary, but put it on a piece of paper. Post it on your monitor. Put it on your calendar. 
Um, but have a launch date uh, on when when you feel like, okay, that that's my goal. That's what I'm going to work towards. It, it really helps you keep your eye on on that that focus of when when you want to see this happen. And it also helps you um, work a little work a little bit more methodically on how to get there. So that's what I had. I had a plan. I had a date. And so I think if people would, would sit back and, and it's helpful to, to make, those mar- make those plans and have that launch date and have those milestones, and then when you hit those milestones, cross them off. Physically cross them off your list. If you've got, I don't care if it's a spreadsheet or a legal pad or, um, or a sticky note, you know, just cross them off and say, well, I'm just one step closer to this date. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's hard work. You know, it really is, especially when you're doing it, um, trying to make that transition from a demanding corporate position to, uh, to writing full time, it's really really difficult to find that time, but it can be done. And if and and sometimes it just takes longer, but um, you know, get that support, make that plan, and get that date on the calendar if you want to make it happen. And then again, get help from other freelance writers. There's so many writers that I've been in touch with, touch with that have been real blessings for me. I mean, anything from how do I price this, you know, or, oh my gosh, I have to do, uh, do this project. I don't know how to, how to work it or what's the best way to outline this project. And we're such a great support system for each other um, because we all work so hard at what we do and we love what we do. So don't hesitate to reach out to other writers, you know, and, and get that support that you need. That's great advice. Catherine, this has been wonderful and inspiring, and I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your experience with us. Well, thank you. Oh, man. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. As you can tell, we don't sugarcoat anything here in this show or at b2blauncher.com, and I think that's important. I, you know, I think it's important to to look for inspiration and to be very transparent about what it takes to succeed as a freelance writer or copywriter. I personally find it so inspiring to hear stories of people who have successfully made this kind of transition because I know how difficult it is. I started that same journey about 10 years ago and it was one of the hardest things I had ever done up until that point. So again, you can grab the detailed show notes for this episode at b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 10. These are detailed notes and make great reference material, especially if you listen to the show in your car or somewhere where you can't take notes. And before I sign off, I just have a quick favor to ask you. If you're enjoying the show, I would be very grateful if you could give it a quick rating or review on iTunes. The easiest way to do that is to go to b2blauncher.com forward slash iTunes. The big blue button on that page will take you straight to the show page where you can leave a star rating and a sentence or two if you'd like. I appreciate all your support, all your encouragement. It means the world to me. With that, I'll sign off. I am your host, Ed Gandia. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have an awesome day. The High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more at
at b2blauncher.com.